Hello and welcome to Top Fives, the show of everything Top Fives, presented by The Sex Effects. I'm Joey Prati. And I'm Sean Day. And we are back. We are back. We are back with a vengeance. Um, <laughs> it's 2018, new year, new me. And um, I, I was sick for a little bit. I'm, I'm getting over it. I was just telling Sean about 84% better. Um, and I'm finally well enough to to talk pop shop with you again, my friend. And it, <laughs> I'm so excited. How are you doing this week? I'm good, man. I yeah, I was I was a little concerned for a bit, but dude, I'm happy you're feeling uh, feeling good. And I was on death's door. And, yeah, <laughs> don't say that. <laughs> uh, but um, yeah, dude, super stoked for the year, and I feel like just tons of stuff have been, you know a lot of things are happening already for 2018 and yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of goals to hit for this year. And I'm excited to, to bring in the new year with, uh, some more, uh, sex effects, top fives episodes. It's, uh, I was looking, it's, it's nuts. We've done so many episodes this last year. Yeah. Um, which is incredible. We Um, hit our stride this last year. Yes. We finally got it. Yeah. It clicked. (laughs) Sometimes it just clicks, um, <laughs> but yeah, no, we had a we had a good. Uh, we finally got a a, um, a momentum going, and we totally we totally fumbled at the end there uh, because I got <laughs> I got the dreaded flu that's been going around, um, but I kicked but that hey, shit. That, um, that we we wanted to bring us bring you guys this episode to start the New Year's, and um, we wanted to be you know, healthy and well for you guys. So we're not struggling. Exactly. I was actually sick a c- couple weeks ago too, man. Like there's this crazy flu going around. So it's uh um, it's no joke. People are dying. It's like the 1800s. All of a sudden people yeah. are dying of the flu. Like what the fuck next scarlet fever. But, um, it's, it's, it's a trip. It yeah. is. I, I wish everyone will. Cause it, it sucks. Um, one second you're hot and next second you're cold. It's, um, it's kind of, Kind of like my love life. No, um, I don't know even know what I'm saying. Anyway, uh, what we want to do with this episode is kind of um, do a retrospective of 2017, look back um, on the year that has passed, one of the weirdest, weirdest years in history. Um, 2016 yeah. was like a terrible year, and 2017 was just the weirdest year, I feel like. Um, but we also want to look to the future um, and see what, what 2018 holds in store for us um well put thank you thank you it's uh it's a gift the gift of the soliloquy and uh, the monologue and no you know honestly i'm just i'm just so excited to be talking again you know like um so i'm gonna be i'm gonna be i'm gonna be i'm gonna be spewing a lot of verbiage verbiage yeah talking 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 and uh, talking top fives why don't we name that? Why wasn't why isn't that the name of the show? Talking Top Five. Talking Top Fives. Yeah. That could be the tagline for the show. It could be. Top fives. Talking top fives. What? I don't know. Alright. Just go with it. Just go with it. Um Let's go with it, guys. <laughs> Shawnee, should we uh should we we got a lot of lists to get through tonight. We got we got some really I've been stacking up my end of the year lists. Um <laughs> so we got a few to get through. Um is there anything we want to jump into before we jump into our list? Is there anything we want to mention or touch on? Man. 
Uh, man, I'm trying to think of like what's happened in the last two weeks. Uh, we no longer like James Franco or Aziz Ansari. Um, that's that's happened in the past couple. Wait, weeks. what? You didn't hear about this? Uh, Fra- I did not hear about this. Franco won the Golden Globe for the Disaster Artist, and immediately, like five women came forward about him. You know, calling him out for wearing the yeah. Times Up pin. Um, Aziz Ansari, a less um, uh, harsh, I guess. I, I guess you know he went on a date that he didn't stop when he should have stopped, or, or you know, um, yeah. That one's a little more muddled, mainly due to the reporting, but um, yeah. So we're just we're we can't. There's no more men we can turn to. Um, time's up for for all of us. Oh, and Oprah's running for president, 2020. So I mean, now you're pretty much caught up. We don't like James Franco. We don't like Aziz Ansari. We're voting for Oprah. Um, I think that's how we're starting off 2018. That's where we are. Yeah. Man, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. That's, that's just the cliff notes of the past couple the weeks. cliff notes. <laughs> um, yeah. But, I mean, other than that, dude, I can't really think of anything. I guess we can, we can tell our listeners to look back at our, our older episodes. And, you know, we've talked about kind of reflected on certain things that have happened throughout the year and uh you know obviously including our lists that kind of connect to them sometimes but um yeah you know we try to try to keep connected with what's going on in society and the culture and um i think as a podcast i think that's most important to to be you know uh current and um yeah documenting providing the discussion documenting yeah um, so, which is um, fun. It is fun to kind of, uh, you know, not that I do it, but I did it last night, um, to kind of go back <laughs> and, and, you know, hear like, oh, that was our perspective in the moment, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, and I feel like maybe some of these lists, and I, we always say this, but I think the lists that we're probably going to present tonight, obviously we'll probably have different opinions of them after maybe a year from oh, now. Oh, absolutely. Or, um, but, uh, yeah, super, super stoked, man. Yeah. For, for 2018 and, uh, you know, the highs and lows in 2017, but, um, you know, just got to keep moving forward and taking each day at a day. It's true. Day at a time. Right. It's true. Kind of sounds like a Bon Jovi song. Um, yeah, but I like it. The sentiment is clear Yeah. <laughs> and I, I support it a hundred percent. Um, there we go. Shawnee, I've got a I've got a, a buttload of list. Do you want me to to hit you with a couple right off the top Dude, here? Hit me with it, man. All right. Yeah, hit it. Okay. This is uh these are our these are our year ender year ending year ender lists. Year ender All right. lists. Shawnee, uh, I know I think you and me both talked about this, um, that it was kind of hard scrounging up titles for this one. But off the top of your head, and if you can't get to five, that's totally cool. I totally understand. Video games of 2017. Just because we do touch on gaming uh, on this show here and there, and uh, yeah. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Well, uh, I recently invested in a Nintendo Switch. Yes. So I got to say, I the, one of the games I, I do currently own, uh, Mario Odyssey, which I've just, I mean, I've been playing Mario since I've been a kid, and it's just so dear to my heart. And Mario Odyssey... Again, taking the Mario franchise and pushing it even further, but also allowing, you know, players to dive into kind of the past of um, the Mario franchise, yeah. like the little 8-bit levels and 
Um, and you know, I was just realizing like the Mario character, especially from like the 64 days and on the moves are like pretty much yeah, the same. Yeah, like the mechanics are very much the same. And I think that consistency, um, obviously it, you know, it's easy to pick up as a, as a player, but also, um, someone who is, uh, you know, who just wants to play a game, a platformer in that way and have fun and, and also be challenged at the same time. Yeah. Um, Mario always delivers on that and it's fun, man. I freaking love it. And the switch is, is uh, a really interesting console and, um, it's very engaging and I can see like, you know, with the, now the progression from like the Wii to the Wii U, like, you know, this is the next, uh, kind of inter- you know, interactive console that Nintendo puts forward. And I, I think it's great. Yeah. I think it's, you know, I mean, there's a couple things that obviously they're still trying to figure out their internet. Why can't they? Why can't Nintendo deal? figure it the fuck out? Like, why is this so hard for them? And that's I, been their weakest link. Always. I feel always invest so, invest um, in some but, internet people. Yeah, but other than that, it's been awesome. I've been playing on the Switch uh, handheld. I've been doing um, through the console. And I've been switching between the different combinations too, which is kind of cool. With the do you have a pro controller? I do not yet. You know um, what I have to say? But um, probably my favorite controller of this generation over PS4, over ooh. Xbox One. It's perfect. Um, That's awesome. Okay, I got to check yeah. that one out. And like it's pricey, the, the but it they, feels value. It yeah. feels like a. Oh, dude. I mean, even the basic. Uh, handheld controller you guys can't see it but i'm holding it up to joey the one that they give you in the system is still pretty pretty cool yeah. like I, I love how it can just transform i'm yeah. not i'm not yeah, a big no, fan it, it, but on when it's, it's handheld it's it, i think it works a lot better i don't care for it on the oh, on the thing and that was the biggest selling point i think for me getting the switch it's like you know what it's been a while since i've had like a handheld nintendo system um which can be you know swapped into like a gaming console on the tv so um, I know this is turning into a Nintendo Switch conversation, hey, that's, but that's totally fine. Hey, man, like it's 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 been in. Uh, I can see you know how it has this appeal and and um, kind of. I'm really excited to play some other games. So some of the games on this list, I have seen gameplay and I've kind of like spent a little bit of time on the games, but I don't really own the games yet. So I would say uh, Mario Odyssey number right one, on. number two. Zelda Breath of the Wild. Nice. Um, I've been recommended, including yourself, many times to, to possibly purchase this game and invest in it because it is quite an, a fantastic open world yeah. game. And as far as the Zelda franchise, um, which actually, to be honest, I I'm I haven't played all the previous Zelda games, which I think is sacrilege for me being a Nintendo fan. But I mean, um, they're so different. Like I, I the only one I've beaten is uh, A Link to the Past. Yeah, and I, I played a lot of Wind Waker. I loved Wind Waker, but at some point I got lost out in sea, and I just never found my way back. Um, and I've played a little bit of uh, Twilight Princess. I think it was that was um, the one on the Wii, the Wii, right? The Wii, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't play the the other one, Skyward Sword or whatever it was. Yeah, for Wii U. Um, Breath of the Wild is fucking amazing. It's my number one. Mario's my number two. Okay, cool. Um, All right. Man, this yeah. might change though for me because, like, if I get the game and dive really well, into you, it, you love Skyrim, yeah, right? Is it is it like mean, a? It's very, very much 
Nintendo's version of Skyrim. And so don't rebuy Skyrim. Get Zelda. Get Zelda. And I'm, it's amazing. It's so good. Dude. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I might have to get that this week, actually. You, you might have to. You just however, might have to. However, Mario Odyssey, I, I'm, I don't think I've beaten the game yet, but I feel like it's challenging enough and um, the worlds are so drastically different. But they also kind of throw back to like kind of the old, you know, older games. So I'm, I'm thoroughly engaged in the Mario Odyssey game um, to the point where it's like, okay, like I can continue playing this. Like, you know, I don't need yeah. to switch gears and switch to another game or whatever. And I feel um, like it's so the first time you can like, like give Mario different skins. I yes. love that. I love you can change his costume. And I play how each boxers level, all the time. Yeah. Oh, dude. Um, boxers I, and I flight. Put, flight helmet. The boxers are fun. Uh, the suit's super classy. The like. It is. The the suit he has, and then zoot currently zoot. I'm wearing suit suit. Uh, which one <laughs> am I wearing right now? I'm I have like the uh, like the um, flight like I don't know flight jacket with the yeah yeah. I can't remember what those are called. The like, pirate you know, outfit is dope. Oh, I haven't got the pirate outfit yet. Oh, oh okay. Spoilers. My bad. No, <laughs> it's it's cool. I, I really like again. I really like the game and um, just the way. Uh, and you know how they use Cappy, the you know the character that lives on your in your head. Works hat. really well, dude. And it's like every world has like two different creatures you can turn into and use their abilities. And I think that is what makes it so engaging. I think that's yeah. what it is. It's like the gameplay is so refreshing every single level. But it's so fluid and intuitive and fluid. Oh, it's and so then good. And then there are moments where you're like, maybe I should try to throw Cappy at this creature, and maybe I might turn into him. Right, you know, like. I had you just kind of have to like do that, and then you you know then you find out you know which kind of creatures you can can be, and and then and it just totally works for the 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 physics and the mechanics and the and the structure of like the levels that they were building, um, and using that creature you know and their and their abilities to kind of get through, so I found that really fun, and and then of course just throwbacks to like you know N sixty four days and have you and gotten to the Mushroom Kingdom? I have not. Oh yeah, my I, god. They I think I'm at the recreate the castle, dude. Oh man! Like okay, I I might have to stick this at number one. Still, you just gotta you gotta play for a few more hours because you're probably close. And yeah, don't get like, like don't waste your time getting all the stars. Just go forward in the game, and you're gonna you're gonna get to the to the castle. Oh, that is so awesome! Yeah, and I think that's what Nintendo does still does really well. They have their their you know their lasting franchises and. You know, they, they continue to, um, you know, fan service, obviously. Um, but also, you know, expanding those characters. Like, you know, the, you know, Mario has the same set of moves, but, like, the introduction of Cappy, the whole, you know, they always have, like, a partnership, you know, companion for, for Mario in the games. And it's, like, using that companion as a, you know, it's, like, that's how you're getting through the levels. That's, you yeah. know, it's a good mechanic they put in there. Um, so, anyways, Mario Odyssey... Zelda Breath of the Wild. Can't wait to pick that up. Um, I still don't own this game, but uh, Mario Kart 8, which is yeah. for Switch as well. You got to love Mario Kart, man. I love playing Mario Kart. And it's a great, it like, so fun. Yeah, it's a great, like, multiplayer game. It's good for, you know, when you have, you know, if you want to play with uh, friends or whatever. And um, and then, you know, throwback levels. And, you know, they've had such a history of Mario Kart. So it's great how they keep pushing, you know, the, you know, creating different uh, tracks and, and cars, but also like incorporating some of the older tracks that we love and, 
and a whole deer. And, and to play it on Switch, I can't, you know, I've played, uh, I don't own it, but I, I did rent it for a little bit. Um, and then, oh, God, where else? And then I, I think I played it at someone else's house or something. And it was, it's just, again, it's it's easy to pick up to and, and kind of get into. And, if, you know, if you've played previous Mario Kart games, it's it's fun. I really love Mario Kart. And, you know, shooting your friends with, you know, <laughs> shells and <laughs> fireballs and stuff. So it's a good multiplayer game. It and is. And, I, I, yeah, I feel like a lot. My first three are definitely Nintendo heavy because of just how. They bring it. It's def- yeah, they bring it, man. Throwback, but it's it's innovative and, and definitely pushing the envelope as far as gaming is concerned. Um, and what's so crazy is a year ago, we didn't know if Nintendo was going to sink or swim with the Switch. You know, like, right? we're like, yeah. they might just go back to just making games and no consoles anymore because they're in dire straits. And they totally, you know, it's like the best-selling console they've ever had or, you know, or there's, something there's, like that. It's crazy. They're still sold out, man. Like in some places I've been to, um, yeah. you know, thank the, thank the, uh, the gods, I guess, for, <laughs> for, uh, the, uh, you know, the internet and, you know, kind of looking, you know, for, you know, where they're at or the availability of them. But, um, I, that's why I actually waited too. I, I wanted to see what, you know, unfortunately I knew the, the whole like Nintendo online thing was still kind of being figured out, but, I don't know, man. Like my brother got one and I played it and I was like, man, this is awesome. And then <laughs> you told me you got one and you're like, Oh man, this is kind of cool. And then, uh, you know, I just like, you know, it's been a while since I've kind of bought like, you know, even played games too, you know, and bought like a console just for the pure enjoyment of playing and entertainment. And especially for how busy I've been getting this year already, you know, you need those downtimes where you just need to like oh, play yeah. and, you know, kind and of I, a little bit. So. I have to say, being sick, this system was a godsend. Um, being yeah, able right? to just pick up the system and be like, I'm going to crash in bed for a little bit, but I still want to, like, get to a shrine in, in Zelda or whatever. Like, being <laughs> able to, like, play in bed just changed the game. Or, like, yeah, babe, put on Bachelor. I'm going to, you know, mess around with <laughs> Zelda. Like, change the game. It was awesome. Change the game, man. You know? And... You know, yeah, it's perfect for... I would actually love to try it. Uh, I'm sure you might be able to do it because you're going to be going to England in a couple months. But, you know, for a flight, you know, or something, or a road trip, or I'm whatever, thinking about it. You know? I'm debating. Because the battery doesn't last that long. Like, yeah, it definitely wouldn't make it through a whole flight. Um, I, I kind of I use it like my phone. Like, you know, I, I use it for a couple hours, and then like, hey, okay, maybe I should plug this thing and and then that's what I guess, I guess is great about having the docking system. Yeah. It's like maybe like you're done playing or you want to play on the screen, just dock it and then it starts charging right away. Um, but yeah, if I can, f- I'm, you know, I'm sure they'll have like a, a way to probably expand the battery life or whatever. But um, I really do want to test that out and see like how long it lasts and yeah. maybe try it for like a you know, long trip or something. But um thoroughly enjoying the switch. It's pretty and sweet. It's funny. I've been, I've been bringing it back and forth to the studio um, because and it's funny, I've convinced uh, Maddie, who's, uh, you know, my writing partner for this project. And then the guy we're working with, Martin, um, at the studio, he's like, oh, God, I want to get one, too. And we're just like, (laughs) well, you know, like, you know, this is, you know, it's it's and it's affordable, too. Like, it's it's a little bit cheaper than, um, you know, some of the other consoles out there. Yeah. It's Um, a shame it doesn't come with a game, though. 
I know that was a shame, and I was definitely looking for like bundles, but I was like, you know what? And the bundles are fucking gonna... pricey because they put in a bunch of shit you don't want. Like, no, I don't need a carrying True, case. Yeah. I don't need the strategy guide because it's all free online. Like, don't upcharge <laughs> me. Um, um, however, the uh, I was slowly looking at their um, their kind of catalog of games and a lot of independent games. Tons, yeah. I see on there. And, dude, if you haven't played this game, I actually downloaded it for, like, I don't know how much it is now, but I downloaded it for 15 bucks. It was uh, Rocket League. You ever played Rocket League? No. Okay, this, I don't know, this didn't come out this last year, but fuck it. I'm going to say it for this one. There you because go, yeah. I think they, they re-released it on Switch because it was on, like, PlayStation. and, and Re-release uh, counts. Yeah, why not, right? Yeah. And it's, it's perfect for the Switch, I feel, too, because it's such a multiplayer, like, you know, you can play single, but you can also, from the get-go, do two-player. But imagine, um, like, indoor soccer with racing cars and, what? like, a gigantic gravity ball. And yeah, so I mean, you're using gravity your, ball. And you're using your car, these cars to, like, to jet, you know, jet past the, the other player and hit your, hit the ball pretty much into these goals. Nice. And I don't know. It's the, it's, it sounds so silly and stupid and they have actually different, they have like basketball and hockey and, but it's like the perfect kind of like little arcade game. If you want to play like, you know, kind of like, you know, Mario Kart, like if you want to play Why a couple not? matches or a couple races. Um, but it's so much fun and you can, you know, customize the cars <coughs> and all that stuff. And, um, I need to figure out how to get it. Cause, um, another friend of mine has the game on switch, so I don't know what's up with the, uh, the online service, but apparently you can play online. I'm not oh, really nice. sure. So, um, if you end up getting it, let me know. Right on. That does sound, uh, rather saucy. Rather saucy. Um, so yeah, that's, that's like one of my picks and it's just cool. a fun little game and it's cheap and, um, but for what you're paying for it's, it's definitely really f- highly entertaining and it's, it gets kind of competitive cause you're, you know, you're trying to, you know, you're playing a match against your friends or whatever and, um, and then there's like the different game modes where it's like, you know, now you have a hockey puck, a gigantic hockey puck. So the ball isn't bouncing around. It's now it's a hockey puck Sliding that's staying around. close to the floor. Yeah, but you can like drive on the walls and, and all sorts of stuff. And, and then there's also a, um, it's called rumble mode. So you can like, you do like soccer, but you have weapons every like Ooh. 10 sec, every 10 seconds it counts down and cycles through very similar to Mario Kart. Right on. So you have these different like kind of uh, power ups where like maybe you can um, freeze the ball in the air or maybe you can uh, slingshot and, you know, grab onto the ball with a suction cup and it'll pull it towards you or something like that. It's really bizarre. Nice. Um, and it sounds like crazy enough, but it's actually really fun. So actually that might actually be because I haven't been playing a lot of, I, you know, I don't own Mario Kart 8, so I might actually put that three and then Mario, Mario Kart. Kart four. Nice. And, and then five. I don't own this game. I did. Pl- I did rent it for a little bit. And um, I'm not really into fighter games, but Injustice two, man. Um, what what a great game. And it looks from the first Injustice looks to the amazing. second one. It l- looks amazing, dude. Yeah. And all the different skins you can unlock and, and the different kind of customizable um, characters and the, the moves and and the. the changing backgrounds is very reminiscent of like the old fighter games and you know like mortal Kombat, and it's all the dc characters man like why wouldn't you want a game that has all these dc characters brawling it out you know, in a fight in a fighting manner 
So, um, yeah, Injustice Two. That's that's my pick. I don't own right it though. On. So another game I don't own. But well, um, we've got we sh- we share three titles um, okay. on our lists. Um, Zelda's my number one. Mario's number two. I will just say, Mario Odyssey is basically what Super Mario Sunshine should have been. It is the direct sequel Ooh. to Mario 64 we have always wanted. Um, and I think the reason I love both these games so much is because there's just a constant sense of discovery. You know, like, you Nintendo rewards you for snooping around and lifting up rocks or jumping on this thing or ground pounding on there, you know. Like, um, they really re- reward the player for just, you know, having that sense of, like, wonder and... I'm going to go check this out. I'm going to go, you know, investigate this. Um, so I love both those very much. Um, number three, Batman, uh, the Telltale series, season two, The Enemy Within. Um, in just a year where we we got uh, Justice League and horrible, horrible renditions of Batman, you know, elsewhere, um, Batman Telltale is solid Batman storytelling. Um, they're doing really different new things with um, the Wayne family, I mean, and all the characters that I've never seen before, and yet they they keep uh, very true to the character, which I appreciate. Um, so, so is is it um, is it like a, a fully original story yeah. that they create with the uh, Telltale? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and it's, I actually... I. I was about to say, I, I actually heard the, I think, I don't know which one it is, but it's, I think it's free on get it. If um, it's free. PlayStation Network right now. If it's yeah. free, get it. Um, and I mean, it's cheap, even if it's not free. Um, and you can even play it, I think, on your phone. Um, as long as you're signed well, into a Telltale account. Yeah, you can play it on your phone. That's pretty um, cool. But it, so basically, if, if you start at season one, it's a basically choose your own adventure game. So you have all, all these conversations and you have to choose, okay, is Bruce Wayne going to be smarmy? Is he going to be charming? Is he going to be truthful? Is he going to be deceitful in this moment? Blah, blah, blah. So you build your character and it carries over to season two. So I'm really loving oh. being able to see the decisions I made in an earlier season Affecting pay off them. now. Like, Whoa, um, that's cool. So it's, it's a really, and and again, the writing is very true to who the character of Batman is, and I feel like that, on in the mainstream realm of things, uh, that gets lost very quickly because for some reason people need to see Batman break his his no kill rule, and I don't, I don't get it. Um, <clears throat> and then uh, number four, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with you, Injustice Two. It looks fantastic. Um, I downloaded that the night before Thanksgiving when you were here. Um, ah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I played a little right. of that. Um, and it, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. I'm sad that a lot of characters that I want to play as are behind paywalls, and it's just like I'm not paying extra money uh, to play as I Hellboy. Know. You know, like I want to, but no. It's like six bucks <laughs> for one character. It's just not. That's how they get you. It's just not cricket. Um and then number five, Wolfenstein 2. Oh, I remember you were talking about that game. It, um, I was having a hell of a time with this game. I was playing on normal mode, um, and then I switched to the, what they call baby mode. And it was a lot easier and a lot more fun. Um, 
But it's just a good kind of arcade style shoot 'em up, and you're you're shooting Nazis, which is always um, always a good thing. Always a good thing. Killing Nazis. Um, Killing Nazis. So those are my those are my top five uh, video games of 2017. Nice. You know, I want to check out Wolf uh, Wolf Wolfenstein, right? Wolfenstein. Wolfenstein? Stein. Einstein. Um, yeah, it's good. It's really good. I think you'd like it. But uh, cool. it's Bethesda. It, is that Bethesda? Oh yeah, that's right. Bethesda games. So, dude, pretty sweet. Man, gaming in a gaming mood right now. You know, <laughs> um, I don't know why I did that. <laughs> I don't know why I did that. But yeah, video games of 2017. There we go. We good. Play them all. <laughs> um, I got I got one more best of 2017 list for you. You down? Hit me. All right. Hit me. So um, as our faithful imaginary audience will know, um, we started counting down our favorite movies um, from every year since the year of our birth, 1989, to this year. Um, And now, now, at the culmination of 2017, um, Shawnee, what are your top five favorite films of 2017? Whew, this was really hard, and there are a couple that I'm sure would make it if I had the chance to watch them, yeah. and I'm probably going to get slapped silly because I have not seen Get Out. It's what not on my the? list. Dude, it's free on I, HBO. I know. I just haven't had any time. Oh, bollocks. But I've heard so much about it that I feel like it might. it will probably sneak up on my list. But as far as the movies I've seen this last year... um. Some of them very kind of, uh, you know, obviously blockbuster hits or whatever. But um, I'm going to go number five, Blade Runner 2049. Ooh, I still got to see it. I want to see it. You get it's pretty. It's good. Like yeah. uh, I know it's, it's like three, almost three hours long. Shit. But um, you know, it's it's what I liked about it was, you know, obviously continue. It's like I don't know, like. Tw- 20, 30 years after the original Blade Runner or whatever. So the time has passed. So it's, it's kind of interesting that they can take that time to kind of show you where society is at and, you know, where this kind of world is, you know, so many years after. Uh, very similar to like Star Wars and how they're doing it right. um, now. So, um, <coughs> so you don't have to play too much catch up. But as far as the, the overall... Uh, cinematography and the look and the consistency with uh, as far as like how things are designed, but also, you know, it's cup, it's so many years in the future. So taking the, the kind of blade runner aesthetic and, and, and then expanding on that, um, they do it so well. And it visually as a, as a film, it, it's very, a, a visually striking film. And, um, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's great. I, I don't want to spoil it, obviously. Right on. Um, and I, I probably have to watch it again cause it is quite a lengthy film and there's, you know, a lot to t- kind of take in and you know, that's kind of like the blade. I know there's different versions of the original blade runner, which I can't remember the, which, which version I, I watched. Know, I know. But, same. So, uh, but as far as the blade runner feel and the, you know, the, a lot of the conversations that happen and the, the, the visuals and the world that they kind of create, um, and it, it's great. I mean, it's amazing to think like, you know, Blade Runner was, you know, the original ones made in the, is the 80s, right? 80s. 80, I want to say 86. 
I feel like I'm wrong. 86. It might have um, been earlier. I'm going to check that. Fact checking. But fact checked. Fact checked. Um, but yeah, 82. as far as the movie coming ooh, out in the that was way off. 80, ooh, that's that really way off. That was way earlier than I thought, though. Yeah. But for, for I mean, for a film that like came out in '82 in the this kind of world, you know, the sci-fi kind of you know world that they set up and how the future would you know future of society would be like and what our world would look like. Um, this movie coming out, it's like there was never really that moment of like, oh, wow, this is like a, re- not a remake, but, you know, it's obviously expanding on the original film, but it just consistently, like, just the look of it. Yeah. Like, it, it felt like they could have released those, even though the visuals were a little more heightened and obviously sharper, you know, high resolution, but sharper, but it almost felt like these movies could have been released, you know, a year apart or whatever. You know, That's like, pretty cool. It was that, it was that consistent as far as the, um, the, the look and visuals and, the set designs and the color palettes they choose and, and, you know, some of the characters, obviously, um, you know, the AI characters, the rep, the rep, replicas, replicas, replicants. Replicas. Are you replicant or replicant? Replicant. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, check it out, dude. It's, oh, uh, yeah. I think it's on digital or I think it just, and I believe it's dropping on Blu-ray, uh, to rent today. Cause I wasn't, I didn't want to spend oh, yeah, like twenty bucks yeah. to buy it. I just wanted to rent it first. For sure, yeah, yeah. That's definitely, and it's yeah. You got to dedicate like three hours of your life. Yeah, I don't know when I'm to, gonna have to watching. three hours of just dedicated. Movie I gotta say though, time. when I was in the movie theater when I saw it, I didn't feel like I was there for three hours. That's good. Like it's it's that it's that uh, the pacing and it's just so like intri- intriguing in that way. Like it it it's a good like the pacing is just definitely very even. And, you know, it's not like one part kind of like takes you out of it. And then you're like, well, man, I've been here for like an hour or like, you know, man, I, they should have spent some time doing this thing. Like, you know, kind of second guessing their choices in the film. So, um, I think that's the one good thing about it. And that's why I think it got a lot of critical praise, even though unfortunately not a lot of people went out to go see it. So, um, so yeah, that's my number five. Right on. Uh, this is the tough one because this is there's a lot of films I can't yeah. um, Some of them are definitely. I mean, I got two comic book films on here, so I'm gonna go number. I'm gonna go number four, Thor Ragnarok. Right on. Um, you know, it was definitely. I think it was the stronger of the the you know the three or the two. Sorry, the two other Thor oh, movies. Yeah. Definitely a stand standalone in its own way. It was great to see Thor. Um, you know, now we're seeing him develop into the you know the character that we're going to get to see coming into Infinity War, and um, and then you know it's the Thor and the Hulk duking. It's out, pretty man. sweet. It's a, it's a good, cool little combination that we get to see, and you know we get to kind of piece together where the Hulk has been, and 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 then of course you know Thor's you know relationship with you know Loki and his father Odin and. Um, you know, Asgard and, you know, the whole saying, like in the movie, it's like Asgard is, is, it's not a place. It's, it's a people. And, you know, so, you know, I think Thor, no matter, even though he's kind of the, it's very comedic film and, and he's kind of plays the humorous side sometimes, even though he's a God and is all powerful and everything. Um, it was great to kind of like see the tone shift sometimes where it's like, wow, they're, this is getting really, really deep and serious now because like the stakes are a little bit higher these days. 
and you know now we know what he is on his mind going into Infinity War. So I, I don't know, man. It was it was a lot of fun. It was funny. It was you know it definitely hit all the chords as far as action and comedy and you know I was entertained thoroughly throughout the whole thing. I actually saw it twice. Nice. Um, and I loved it the second time around. So um, yeah. So Thor Ragnarok as number four. I got. I have, mm, this is so tough. I have, this, I'm kind of split on this, but Spider-Man Homecoming as number three. I mean, we get Spider-Man, the MCU is his own standalone film. It's good. Tom Holland as Peter Parker. It's good, man. It's great. It's real good. Uh, we get a f- fresh take on Peter Parker, uh, you know, a younger Peter Parker who's still in high school. He's going through his whole teenage phase he has a homecoming dance to go to and also balancing the life of being spider-man um michael keaton as the uh vulture. um the vulture adrian tunes um and his i don't know why i did bane right there adrian tunes oh. i don't know why i did bane oh <laughs> sorry it like paused and i was like <laughs> um yeah dude and lo- a lot of g- great scenes with michael keaton because he's he's doing like you know, he's playing the vulture, but he's also trying to, you know, the whole reveal in the middle of it. Which genuinely um, surprised me. I was like, okay, that was good. I was so surprised. Yeah. I was surprised. I was like, okay, yeah, this is, this is going to get interesting. Yeah. And then, you know, had, had, you know, reflections and vibes from previous renditions of Spider-Man. I always felt like that scene, I think we we're thinking of where they're in the car and, you know, Michael Keaton's taking um, his daughter and Tom, you know, uh, Peter Parker to the dance and there's that moment where like he's kind of figuring it out yeah. and like they, they both kind of figure it out in the car while they're just kind of having this conversation. And I thought it was like very similar to um, like Spider-Man, is it Spider-Man? The Thanksgiving scene? Uh, the first Spider-Man, the Thanksgiving yeah. scene with, you know, um, you know, that's the Sam Raimi Spider-Man. Um, and that was very similar because they were like, it was like this. Knocked me down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And then you just see like William Defoe just like grinning throughout the whole thing, and with these like you could tell he's like completely turned, so you know good. from that point, and and you can tell a lot about you know the characters, even those tense moments, and it's great because as an audience we know, you know, we know who those characters are. You know, Peter Parker, Spider Man. You know, this guy is is the Vulture, and they're obviously in this very real life situation where you know he's just a kid and he's going to his homecoming dance, and it, it's just great. And then you know, of course, the the ability to have MCU characters and Iron Man, and it was great. I, I really enjoyed it. It was it was a great Spider Man film, and you know, man, there's a lot of s- shoot, man. This is gonna be like Venom coming out, which I don't know if they're gonna connect. I- I, there's a report together today that or not. He might show up. I hope. Just no. I let's keep it separate. Tom Hardy. Man. I think it's great casting. I couldn't care less about the actual Venom movie. Them, but that's yeah. just me. That's just one cranky old fuck. I had a I had a sour taste in my mouth after uh, Spider Man. I think we all had the Raimi series. Something funky in our mouth <laughs> after that. Yeah. That was yeah. Yeah. So. But I mean, anyways, man, Home, Spider-Man: Homecoming, uh, great film. Tom Holland, just such an incredible performance, and he's just so, he's just so genuine, and and he just he he's Peter Parker, man. He just he just he like he's having fun. He's a kid who has abilities, and it's like that's like the way you should be acting, 
but also, you know, looking up to your idols and, and trying to become an Avenger and, and take on those big, you know, the, the, you know, the big responsibilities and whatnot. Because yeah. with great power comes great responsibility. But don't say it. Don't, don't say it in these movies. Um, <laughs> no, it was great. I love, yeah, all the supporting characters were phenomenal. Um, Ursa Tomei as Aunt May. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. I've never been so oh, in love the, with Aunt May. Yeah. Of course, Tony Stark's very in love with her. Oh, so. yeah. Big time. Um, and, of course, you know, they have that big, you know, the whole thing where she finds out at the end. That was great. Like, oh. Cut to the Ramones. Get. Very good. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, man, that's my number three. Yeah. Four. Yeah, three. And then... I was very split on this one because I feel like I don't have enough. I, I, I need more time to dive into this film or maybe reflect more on it. I'm going to go to Star Wars The Last Jedi. Nice. Number one, Baby Driver. Ooh. <coughs> yeah. I like I, it. Okay. I like it. Star Wars. I fucking love Star Wars, man. I mean, after seeing it, you know, I saw it twice. And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, a lot of debate going on, as most movie fans are, especially with Star Wars and how there's so many diehard fans. But, um, man, it was a great Star Wars film. And it, and it actually took me by surprise many times. There was a lot of unexpected things that, you know, unfortunately, I feel like, um, you know, maybe a minority of people are like, no, I didn't want that to happen. And, you know, all these expectations were built up from the previous film, uh, The Force Awakens. But now, like, going into this... I just feel like, wow, any, I mean, this, anything can happen now. It's I true. Mean, there's just so much stuff happened, dude. And, um, giving us Luke Skywalker as, um, as this character who's been broken and tested and, and is an exile, very parallel to like some, you know, like someone like Obi-Wan or Yoda and, um, and kind of giving this more, you know, the more emotional and, and, human side to Luke Skywalker because, you know, no one's a perfect hero. You're always going to go through those conflicts and struggles. And again, that's another critique that a lot of people had is like, Oh, why would you do this to Luke Skywalker? And I, I like those little elements of the film because of that, because they're testing that character because it's, it's taking them out of what we, what we, you know, believe Luke Skywalker is, is the hero or whatnot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, you guys can listen to our, um, three episodes. actually both Joey and I <laughs> three episodes we both did a reaction when we saw it and then we did a combined episode so if you guys want to dive into that go check out our episodes on those we have a lot um, of thoughts we'll f- we have a lot of thoughts and you know I think when it comes out on uh, digital and, and blu-ray and whatnot um, definitely gonna I, I would say have a different kind of look on it and just be like okay maybe I, maybe I really did like these scenes and maybe I like how it played out and maybe that, that makes me even more excited for the next one coming out totally so, um, and then baby driver, man, I love Edgar Wright and it's, uh, man, it's, it's like Edgar Wright's answer to a speed car, ch- like chasing movie. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's great. And I, I think I've mentioned before, but I remember listening to an interview, um, a podcast, uh, Nerdist podcast with Edgar Wright on it. <coughs> um, and you know, Cr- Chris Hardwick is bless you. Thank you. Excuse um, me. Chris Hardwick, <laughs> Chris Hardwick is, uh, interviewing, um, uh, Edgar Wright and you know they were talking about Baby Driver because it was coming out at the time and Edgar Wright was just like hey ever since I've you know been in when I was in film school all I wanted to do is make a big blockbuster car chase movie and you know now luckily with the career that I've built and you know kind of the 
um, you know, the uh, catalog of movies and, and, you know, a variety of different movies that he's produced over the years, especially my, you know, three favorites, uh, the Cornetto trilogy, yeah, you know, yeah. Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and at World, the World's uh, End. Was it? Uh, World's End. <coughs> I guess say At World's End. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it, he's definitely another visual visual storyteller and you know baby driver takes this kid who's almost like a mute in the beginning of the yeah. film and through visuals and and the the way he's you know kind of cutting scenes together um it's real so yeah man baby driver what a great film um it is on my number one for this year i'm sure it's going to change again as the year goes by and as we reflect on these films um i have to see get out you really do. I, that's a slap on the wrist for me. Seriously, you've recommended it a bunch of times. I've just heard so much, so many good, positive things about that film. So, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I need, I need to get on that. So. <laughs> need to, but Joe, get on, get out. What do you <laughs> get on, get out? Um, Joe, what are your top films for 2017? Um, you know, man, it was tough because I, I really enjoyed like the the cinematic experience of seeing Spider-Man: Homecoming. Um, you know, I, I say it almost tongue in cheek, but I'm, I'm serious. Like it helped, helped me with my grandfather's, uh, passing over the summer. I saw it the day before he, or the night before he passed away. And, um, me and Christine went and saw it that weekend, you know, when we just kind of, we, we couldn't go yet to see the family. It was just kind of like waiting around and it's kind of like, you know what? Peter Parker's going to put a, uh, a smile on my face. So I, I appreciated that. I appreciated Spider-Man home, Homecoming for that. Um, yeah. But the more I think back on it, I don't know. The I, I'm not as in love with it as I, as I was coming out of the theater. Um, there, and there's, there's a few movies like that this year, like Thor Ragnarok. Um, but I think I'm just burnt out on superhero movies as, you know, as I've been saying on, on this for a while justice league almost made my top five not and not. um <laughs> like logan lucky was was awesome but it didn't make it anyway i'm just name dropping a bunch of movies i wanted to talk about um but number five i'm gonna say uh the little hours um with aubrey plaza kate mccucci uh allison brie dave franco john c Riley, molly shannon um it's oh, a wow. really what a, what a cast yeah it's awesome it's um about uh, these nuns in like 13th century Italy or something like that, England. Um, okay. And it's such a low, low key, low budget, mellow movie. Um, and Aubrey Plaza and the nuns all like swear anachronistically. And I found that very funny. Um, you know, they're just cussing, screaming at people. It's, I loved it. Um, John C. Riley. It's the most I've loved John C. Riley in anything in a long time. Um, yeah, everyone. Everyone was great. In it. I want to say Nick Offerman's also in it. Damn. Um, Nick Off. If Nick Offerman's in it, damn. Yeah, and it's just a it's a mellow that. movie. Like it's so the opposite of a blockbuster. So I really, yeah. really enjoyed it. It was a nice palate cleanser. It was refreshing. What have you? You know, um, check it out. It's it's totally worth a, a watch. Um, number four, Last Jedi. Um, I loved Last Jedi, but um, and for all the risks that Ryan Johnson took with this movie, 
Um, I almost wish he would have gone further and totally broken the mold, like, completely. <laughs> um, so, I mean, you know, as much as I appreciated all the risks of, of this Star Wars movie and as much as I enjoyed it, it's it was still a Disney-fied Star Wars movie. Yeah, you know what Star I mean? Wars film, which we'll have to live with, I guess, for, yeah, for you know, many years to come. Yeah. <clears throat> um, number three, Baby Driver. You know. Baby. Yeah. It was awesome. It was such a good, fun movie, and I'm so glad I got to see it before the, all the stuff came out about Kevin Spacey, <laughs> Kevin Spacey, so I could actually enjoy it, you know. Um, just as the film, yeah. It was one. It was one of his best roles in so long, because um, he was playing exactly what you thought he was going to play, and then he kind of turned a little bit, and you're like, "Ah, oh, I love this yeah. guy." Uh, no, no, we don't. Um, soundtrack was amazing. Got it for Christine on vinyl. Sounds great. Ooh. Um, Jamie Fox, John, Han- all everybody was really great in this movie. And Solid cast. Ansel Elgort won me over. I was like, I don't know about this kid. But he was. Yeah, he was fantastic. I, I don't think I've seen him in anything else. I actually, actually haven't either. No. So it was it was really cool to kind of take uh, this character, you know, obviously a cast member that, an actor that, you know, I feel like we're so used to obviously seeing films that are blockbusters and you know, actors and actresses that we've seen, over even our entire lives, like we've seen their careers or whatever, and it, I'm very excited for, especially, I guess comparing to like Tom Holland too, like. You know, I could see the potential of these actors kind of going, you know, a long way with their films. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of cool that to have, like, kind of the main lead guy as this person that I'm not very familiar with. Yeah. So. It was, yeah, it was easier to kind of believe it, you know. Um, <clears throat> number uh, number two, uh, Darren Aronofsky's Mother. Um, oh, yeah, I, I heard about this one, too. I don't know why. I love this movie. Um, I went and saw it by myself. I made Christine watch it, and she hated it. Um, <laughs> but I went in blind. I didn't really know what to expect. Um, and there's so many layers and so many ways that you could view this movie. Um, what I took from it was, you know, a, a tome on the creative process and how artists are all at once the most selfless people in the world and the most selfish people in the world and the people in their um, stratosphere that suffer, you know, because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really loved it. I thought it was great. Um, but you can also view it as a biblical study or as an environmentalist or, you know, there's so many ways to, to watch this movie and get something from it. Um, yeah. The, the acting's great. The writing's great. I, yeah, loved it. Um, and number one, the movie you really need to watch, Get Out. Um, Damn. <laughs> this movie is so freaking original, and um, it has so much to say and does such a good job of, of you know, anyone watching this hopefully will understand um, what the main character is is going through or, or have some type of empathetic you know connection and yeah. and it's witty it's smart it can be funny it's scary it's everything in between but the fact oh, that it has something to say something real that needs to be heard right now is is yeah. the best part so 
That, that makes me so excited about it. And it's, it's funny because I, I remember watching and actually listening to a couple interviews um, with, um, is it Jordan, Jordan Peele? Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, and it, it's <clears> great because it, you know, it is definitely revered as a very, like a very original kind of uh, film. But he, he, I remember the interviews, he's just like, you know what? I put like all the things I loved in like horror films you know, all little, like, little uh, small details from, like, stuff. You know, he, obviously, we create original ideas, you know, as writers, as, as musicians, as filmmakers. Um, but, you know, obviously, going to our predecessors, the, the influences that, you know, the, the things that influenced us and made us feel those ways and trying to recreate that in a, in a new idea. And I'm just, like, still very... I'm still shrouded in mystery about watching this film. That's why I'm excited to watch it. Yeah. And for all that I've heard as far as, like, it's something that you won't really expect and it's definitely not going to follow this kind of, you know, usual kind of pattern or whatever. So, um, dude, it makes me even more excited to see that movie. And that, if that's on your number one, it's number one. That's a big recommendation on there. It's, and it's free right now, dude. You've got HBO. I know. I should just watch that. You really should really, (laughs) really should. Cause it's not overly long. Like a bunch of these jerk off movies. It's, it's like a respectable runtime. Um, yeah. So, um, damn. Okay. I'll have to do that. Um, I just thought of a movie that I just watched recently and I actually might have to just take one of my movies off the list, which I totally forgot what I said. I had baby driver, uh, last Jedi. Um, shit. Uh, there's Thor. There's Spider-Man was three. Thor was four. Thor and five. What the hell did I say for five? What did you say for five? Hey, mom. Well, I'm going to put The Shape of Water oh, as five. Now. I want to see that. I want to see that bad. Um, it was great. It was really good. And it's like as simple as like, you know, like, you know, a simple kind of love story with a, you know, a creature in this, and this woman who's kind of hard of hearing. And, Oh man, it's it's really good. It's definitely got the Guillermo del Toro stamp on it. You know the the creature, and you know, um, kind of seeing where Guillermo del Toro gets his influences. You know, with creatures and monsters, and you know, it's definitely like kind of a play on the the swamp thing and the the lock, well, not the Loch Ness. Uh, yeah, just the that kind of creature of the sea and um, his kind of rendition of it. And, um, and of course, you know, the shape of water and the kind of message behind it, you know, there's, um, kind of this, uh, you know, love has no shape or, or boundaries. And, you know, it's kind of like the thing that they try to come get across. Um, it's got a lot of interesting, you know, there's romance in it. Uh, Michael Shannon plays the villain in it, like, and he's intense Right on. in the film, like way more intense than Man of Steel, <laughs> Zod intense. <laughs> But it's great because he plays like a federal agent kind of guy. So it's like, okay, this dude's like part of the government. Like he's just trying to do his job. But then you kind of see like, you know, he's more sadistic than you think he is. Even though he's the average family man, they show him with his family and doing, he has kids and all that stuff. But he just really wants to kill people. And like, <laughs> yeah, it gets really, and it's like that Guillermo del Toro, like, oh my God, this is about a creature and love story, but also it's about this. And like, it's got some very, you know, very dark kind of things going on. Got there. some teeth. Um, it's got some teeth. And I mean, the look of it, it's, you know, the, the cinematography, um, the interactions between, um, the main character and the creature and also the main character and her kind of floor mate. Uh, and it's great. You'll, you'll love this. They actually live 
um, in like a next to like a, a like a movie theater. Oh, cool! Uh, so it's you know they have that kind of dynamic and they see each other every day and um, you know and then of course it's you know this story of you know this this uh, kind of woman who um, is like a janitor for this like federal you know government run secret place and you know she gets you know intertwined with this kind of love circle with this creature and the creature turns out to be a more unique kind of character and even though there's not any kind of background on where it came from and there's so much mystery still shrouded into it um they do a great job of like kind of showing you like you know this creature is outside of this world like it, it has you know uh supernatural almost like supernatural abilities in some way but it also is intelligent and and can love and and feel and 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 obviously interact with the main character so it's a it's a cool little story man and it's you know it's very simple i think the the parts that hit home is is definitely the interactions between the two main characters and then michael shannon right on dude he's he's yeah he's super intense in it and he goes pretty Way too far, but that's like I feel don't, like expected. don't spoil. Do not spoil the villains in Guillermo del Toro's movie. So, yeah, I I really enjoyed it. I saw it um, at the ArcLight in Hollywood, and they only played it I think in two theaters out here Shit. in LA. So it was kind of cool. I got to go out and like go to you know I never I don't spend too much time in Hollywood, and it, you know I was like oh wow this is like you know going to see a movie in Hollywood. <laughs> and, um, oh, that was the night I met Doug Benson. Oh, nice, actually, nice chilling at a sushi bar. Um, but yeah, it was a great film, and you know what? After kind of thinking about it, and uh, I really want to see it again. So yeah, that's on my list now. Right on. So I can't remember, I can't remember what I put for five, but I can't remember either. What the hell? Shit. Or maybe I skipped one. Let's just say you skipped like, it. I skipped it. Okay, yeah, it's on right number on. five. Perfect. So yeah, I love the list though. I have a couple movies I need to check out. Um, obviously, Get Out. Yeah, big time. Um, Big time, buddy. But then again, the, the, I think the films are the the order. They're I'm sure they're going to change over time because you know there's tons of movies that were released in 2017. Um, some of them not blockbuster films. You know, some of them you know low budget independent films. Um, I also heard like the Disaster Artist was. Really, I want to see that, but I'm also like we can't like Franco anymore, so I don't know what to do. Do I watch the I movie? Know. I don't know. What do you guys think, yeah. imaginary audience? What do y'all think? We all think Sound off. Sound what off. What do you all think? <laughs> um, so, Joe, here's here's my list. for. T- I, I don't have too many lists. Um, I just have one that kind of s- centralizes around our show, actually. I love it. Um, we said at the beginning of the show, man, it's been quite a year for our Sex Effects Top Fives podcast. And, you know, we've been having a social media presence and we've been doing this weekly and tons of new topics every week which I'm surprised we still are coming up with some <laughs> after doing this for a couple of years but um, super happy with the direction that we're going in and we're getting some followers and it's great I feel like people are you know interacting and um, really excited for this next year because you know this year because um, you know there's you know we're, we're going to keep going up from here and um, so this kind of brings me to the top five a, kind of a personal top five for for the show is what are your top five 
top five episodes. Oh man, this is this is a masturbatory top five. This is what this is. <laughs> it's, it's there's a lot of stuff we talked about this this last there year. There is, um, especially multiple top five lists on each episode. It's true. Well. I feel like the '60s our episodes in our '60s were, were pretty solid. Um, number five. I'm going to go episode 64 where we talked about our top five favorite Ramones songs and Starbucks drinks. Why did I miss that one? I don't know why I missed that one. I don't know, man. Um, (laughs) uh, Number four, I'm going to go episode 39 uh, where we talked about our favorite album enders and our favorite Weezer songs. Um, Check that out. Number three, I'm going to go episode 67 where we discussed our favorite Tarantino films and our favorite live albums. Um, oh, yeah. Live. You know, can't go wrong. Um, number two, episode 60, where we discussed our favorite Clash songs and who we would like to have seen take over episode nine instead of J.J. Abrams. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a fun episode. And number one, it's been a Beatles year, man. Number one for me was episode 44, where we did our first top 10, our first and only top 10, actually, um, favorite Beatles songs, which I would love to return to. I'd really love to return to that list soon. Yeah. Um, Man, yeah. I I feel like top 10s, I I feel like we've had so many topics over the year, over this last year, and I feel like some of them merit like top tens or even top twenties. Oh yeah, for for how much we really enjoy the topics and uh, for the Beatles, obviously, of course, that's you know, there's so many songs that they so have, many. and that's actually my number. Uh, what's on here? It's my number two. Nice uh, episode forty four because dude, it's the Beatles, man, and you know the Beatles have been such an influence. I, I feel for for all of us, and I'm sure a lot of people in our audience. Um. And just have great music, man. Great songs, and you know, for how simple they are, but also for how complex they are. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. They, there's, they're very in the middle as far as like the writing. You know, they take the four chord to another level. You know, yeah. just a simple song, but find ways to to keep the listener very, you know, intrigued throughout the whole thing. And, you know, definitely so different. Well, actually not so different from some of the music that comes out today as far as the, the techniques they use and, and the songwriting. And, um, but, you know, nothing beats the Beatles. So. No. That was my number two on that one. Right on. Um, I'm going to go back to five. It was uh, episode 47, Bat Gadgets. Ooh, that was a good uh, one. We talked about Batman Gadgets. That was fun. And, like the old school ones and kind of like the the ones in the new movies and then i guess the second topic was tea and we talked about our 1999 films which i can't list off the top of my head but that was the topic for that uh, episode very nice um and then number uh five four i have um album enders i think i think we both enjoyed that one and 1991, yeah. I mean, Alan Menders, it's funny because we, like, you always think of, like, a record and it's, like, the first track, you know, that's like that's the one thing that gets you into the song and, man, like, the last songs of some records really kind of sometimes sum up the record itself. Yeah. And, um, 
I wish I could put all my lists on here that, that so I can remember what we had, but um, there's so many good, great records that have just solid songs that really kind of encapsulate the whole kind of mood and emotion of like the whole record itself. And all apologies. Oh man. Um, Dude, all apologies. A certain um, romance. I'm sure. Yeah. We, I'm sorry. I'm sure. I'm sure we had some Arctic monkeys on there. Oh yeah. Um, 505. Shit. Oh yeah. Damn. Yeah. Now I know another top five we can do for maybe next week. Oh, oh man. Oh man. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's my number. That was four, right? And then I said two was Beatles. Oh, um, three. Our audience of none EP, which is Very nice. technically not an episode top five list episode, but we did release a little EP that year. Um, Joey came down to LA and we recorded. Uh, was it four songs? I think. We, four yeah. Songs. Yeah. Um, some kind of throwback sex effect songs. So, and I don't know. It was kind of cool. A cool little um, episode to post for that week because, you know, it was. It was something that, you know, for Joey and I, we share our love for music and playing in, a, in I would say, bands now <laughs> um, together. You know, it's it's a part that I feel like I feel like we should be incorporating more into the show. I agree. So. Um, so, yeah. And, that you know, that's a thing we wanted to share with the audience and kind of show them the other side of the podcast and what we also do outside of the podcast. And um you know, Joey and I have this relationship as as friends, but you know, but you also know, as lovers, it, as also lovers, yeah. <laughs> but you know, it's it's also music, man. We share like such great you know connections with music, and and our you know our influences and what we listen to, and you know, music as far as composing and writing together and and writing music together. It's special, which is the, it's special, and that's another goal for this year, man. Cause it, it, it's so hard when, you know, we live in two different areas and, um, you know, I don't get to see you every single day, but we're going to have another audience. So we're going to have definitely another sex effects EP coming out to you guys. I love it. This year, maybe in a record. We'll see. Well, <laughs> well, Hey, well, Hey, so that's my number three, two was Beatles. Um, and then one, um, Oh, I see. I put like two. <laughs> um, okay, I'm just gonna go to number one, episode fifty-two. Uh, side ones. Ooh, nice. Side ones, track ones, and we had uh, movie posters, and we counted down the year two thousand four. That is a good one. Um, again, side. You know, the we talked about our songs that really kick off the records. Um, the songs that obviously set the mood for for what we're listening to and almost kind of set up the concept of a record um, movie posters, man. I mean, I feel like, you know, growing up, you know, with movies and, you know, we've been here for 28 going on 29 years. <coughs> we've seen so many different movies and, you know, the movie posters is what gets you excited for the film. And it was cool to kind of like look back at some of the films that we've watched in the past. And, you know, maybe we associate it with a specific image or poster. And it was kind of cool to like kind of, think about that and you know obviously you know the poster is the the main thing to sell you know aside from the trailers yeah it's the main thing to sell you on the movie and um sometimes they have very iconic looks and very you know things that really kind of get you to remember that film when you look at it so 
Um, yeah, that's that's my top five for for episodes. And Love it. we did a lot of them, dude. I, I just realized we had so many different top fives this year. Remember we did like a donuts one and like done a lot of fun stuff, man. A lot of fun stuff, man. So, hey, listeners, we may or may not run out of top five <laughs> topics by the end of the year. But even if we do, we're gonna keep. Are, we're gonna keep. We're gonna keep making some yeah. up. But <laughs> hey, drop down in the comments. Drop down, you know. Hit us up on on our email. Um, we're definitely, of course, always open for new top five topics that we may have not talked about. And um, I've, I feel like we've said this so many times. Listen, we want to hear. Like we might revisit some of these lists. Um, and kind of look back and, and maybe our lists have changed because, you know, it's definitely our, you know, sometimes you have to kind of, especially with like this last list with the 2017, I feel like, you know, we see what 2018 brings and maybe you look at some of these films that we've watched or some of these video games we played and, you know, it could be a totally different feel. And, and you know, we might feel differently about these certain things. So, yeah, it has been one hell of a year. Dude. It has been. Um, Shani, do you have one more? Do you have time for one more list? I do. Because I would yeah, love to. We've closed out 2017. I would love to look to the future real quick. The future. Um, and, you know, we just talked about our favorite films of 2017. What are your top five most anticipated movies of 2018? Oh, my God, dude. There are so many films coming mm-hmm. out that I'm super stoked for. Um, I mean, I've been feeling the superhero fatigue a little bit, but fuck, man, Avengers Finney War is coming out this May, and it's the culmination of all the like these past what, like twenty films from the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's true. It's it's gonna be a big film. The the scale of it, the amount of characters that are gonna be in it, um, yeah, it it is is definitely gonna be something that is going to be, you know, I feel like a lot of people are going to go out and see it, and everyone wants to see what happens to all these characters, especially from now, you know, where they're at now in kind of like the timeline. Um, and that kind of brings me to getting a little more stoked about this. It's coming out next month. Uh, Black Panther, dude. Yeah. Um, I, I don't really know too much about Black Panther, and I really loved him in Civil War and his, you know, his appearances um, in, in there, and I, I really liked uh, Chad Bo- Bozeman. Chadwick Boseman. Boseman? Chad, Chadwick Boseman. Um, Jackie Robinson. Yeah, he's very humble and you know very elegant too, and you know that's you know the, of course the the whole Wakanda storyline and how they're gonna kind of portray that. Um, royalty. Yeah, the royalty. Yeah, and I don't know, just super excited to see what they can do with that, and you know the cast is looks incredible and. Um, you know, maybe it might, you know, obviously it's going to probably give us little tidbits into what we're going to have to expect in, in Infinity War too. So that's another reason why I'm excited for it. Um, I see this one. I don't know where I'm going to put this one. Cause I am a little, a little nervous about this one, even though Disney, you know, oh. they, they do pretty, I mean, they safe, I would say safe bets usually with Disney. Um, but the the solo Han Solo movie solo, yeah, the Star Wars story, yeah, um, which I don't know when it's coming out because I feel like six months I think or five months from six now. Six months from now, yeah, summer release. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm excited. I, you know, I seriously wish they didn't go with the Han Solo 
side of it. Me too. Because I love I love Harrison Ford's. You know that that character is so dear to us, and you know what I want now from the Star Wars franchise. Um, and it seems like they're kind of going this direction, especially with the, the, uh, the, um, the trilogy movies or like the main kind of title movies. Um, the episodes. I want to see Star Wars expand. Yeah. And, um, as much as I would love to see a film about Han Solo, which I am very curious about, we we're getting Donald Glover as, as. That's what I'm most excited for. I am too. And I think he's going to knock it out of the park, man. He's going to kill it. But you know, was, of course, it's like the little, you know, they fired Warden Miller off the, you know, off the shoot. And then like, and they got Ron Howard. It was, obviously, there's a lot of controversy and, you know, dr- uh, dramatic stuff going on in the background before going to this movie. So I have, obviously, my reservations. Yeah. But at the same time, um, it you know, I want to see what, what, what they could do with, um, you know, expanding Han Solo's character and, and maybe... For me, I, I want to see the Han Solo and Chewbacca relationship kind of blossom. True, and and I feel like you know they've always been partners in crime, and maybe we might get some more. You know, as far as why Chewbacca owes owes himself to uh, Han Solo, and does that life debt they have, I think, with each other, and um, sorry, my microphone is like slowly <laughs> falling down. I'm like slouching down right now. Um, yeah, I like. And that's the thing is I'm don't, I don't really know what to expect out of this, what kind of story they're going to tell or, and if it's like, Hey man, it's, this is how they get the millennium Falcon. All right. I'm kind of down for that. Like, yeah, you know, but yeah, I feel <laughs> like there are those, there are those go-to moments where it's like, I kind of want to see this happen, but also maybe I'm down for another kind of adventure or story. Something that is outside of what we're expecting. Um, and maybe we might get that. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's tricky so, with Star Wars, man, because, like... It's very tricky. Yeah. You know, like, Obi-Wan in A New Hope saying, you know, I served uh, in the Clone Wars, same as your father. That right there paints such an image in your head that is so much more thrilling and interesting than anything the prequels ever gave us, ever. Um, yeah. I didn't watch the Clone Wars TV show because I kind of only follow the movies, but, like you don't need to explain and tell us where everything came from. And, and I have the same reservations as you. Like, I don't know that I want to see anyone else, but Harrison Ford be Han Solo. Be Han Solo. And yeah. it makes me wonder about the relationship between Han and Chewie in this movie. Like just looking at the one image they've released, like he doesn't really look like Han Solo and Chewie. Like, are they gonna, are you going to feel that bond between them? Are they going to sell it? Um, or is it just going to be them saying, this is Han Solo, so, but he doesn't embody it. You know what I mean? Like, I want him to, I yeah. want us to believe it's Han Solo by the end of the movie. Um, and I'm, I'm a little yeah. scared. And that's, that is definitely a, you know, big shoes to, to fill. And, you know, as far as, uh, Kathleen Kennedy and, and, you know, obviously Disney kind of steering the direction of the film and getting a run Howard, um, again, a safe bet. Ron but Richie Cunningham is directing Han Solo, the badass of the galaxy. Come on, come yeah, on. Yeah. You so, need someone with we'll swagger making this movie. Yeah, definitely. Especially for Han, Han Solo. Man. Yeah, you need Larry Clark making this movie. True, no. true rebels come. 
but <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I think I'm gonna put that at five because like I'm stoked for it, but like just I don't know. It's it, it doesn't coming out of the bat. I'm like, damn, this. It's like fuck, dude. It's Star Wars. Like, there's so many other things, stories you can tell aside from the Skywalker trilogy, or you know, the Skywalkers, and you know, they're moving in that direction. You know, they're slowly exiting some slowly, of these characters yeah. so slowly. Um, and you know, we're mm. obviously fans of the originals, and you know, we we hold those dear to our hearts. And you know, Han Solo as that, you know, Harrison Ford as that character. You know, it's just like, man, I can't see anyone else doing that. It's like if they recast. Luke Skywalker now. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't see it. It's like I couldn't really get into that, even though I've seen. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if you've seen the images of Sebastian Stan. Yeah, who plays the yeah. Winter Soldier. But here's the thing: we've Looks already like seen him, young Luke, but because yes, we saw yeah. young Mark Hamill. So like, I don't need to go backwards and backwards. Yeah. Seen even we younger. Need to, we need to move forwards, man. And there's, I feel like there's so much lore and and a bunch that they can pull from. So. That makes me excited about like what might happen with um, Disney's direction with Star Wars, since they can, you know, have the ability to produce those films. But it, you know, it's definitely going to be a, a test because you know there's still that huge fan community where it's like we are all about the trilogy and we're really connected with those characters from the trilogy, and you know, I guess moving, moving on from the trilogy and and moving forward with whatever they're going to give us. It, for me, that's I think a tough thing as a fan. It's like, oh gosh, you know, am I ready for it? But I felt like they succeeded with. I, I really enjoyed Force Awakens and Last Jedi. Tested my uh, my emotions with that, and I was like thoroughly happy to see Ray and Finn like hug each other at the end. And, like, yeah, you know, I mean, so it's it's working for sure. I'm digging it. Um, yeah, that's probably what I, I'll be five, and then you got oh, Black shit, Panther, man. you got Avengers. Um, oh, I don't know, dude. There's so much here. Um, hey, if you want to do a top three, that's totally cool with me. Yo, uh, Sicario 2. I just... Uh, the trailer looks phenomenal. I haven't seen the first one, though. It's pretty dope. And I was like, man, this definitely merits a second a sequel. Like, I really want to see a sequel of this. So that would be maybe number, number two. Uh, let's go number three. I'm looking through this list here. Uh, I don't want to say another superhero movie, but I mean, Deadpool two, Deadpool two. I mean, Deadpool was dope and it took a lot of risks and it was funny and dude, it's, it's Deadpool. Like I'm excited to see what they're going to do for the second film. I can't wait. To, I mean, they're already starting their, their, uh, promotional campaign. So I can't wait to see what Ryan Reynolds is going to do for this promotional campaign Yeah, and just being just ridiculous and breaking the fourth wall. Um, and then I guess my last one, uh, Incredibles two. All right, you know, on. it's been quite a while. It's been quite a while. I gotta say, I r- really did enjoy the Incredibles, and I think it's one of uh, one of the stronger Pixar films. And you know, it centers around a family and and superheroes. There's a lot of superhero shit going on this year, man. Of this next year. Um, damn, I'm seeing Tomb Raider. I'll give Tomb Raider a chance too. I like I like the actress. Uh, what's her name? Elisha Vikander. Um, yeah. Yeah, she's great. Uh, ex Machina. Mm-hmm. They're trying to kind of do it like the, uh, um, the like the video game series, the recent one they released. Yeah, yeah. That kind of tone. Like her origins. So I'm, I'm kind of down with that. I don't know, dude. There's a lot of movies that are coming out this year. I'm already seeing 
There's like Venom, Pacific Rim. I mean, just those five off the top of my head, those are kind of the ones I'm stoked for for next year. Like, I'm definitely going to go see it in theaters. Yeah. For sure. Um, But yeah, that is my list that I can kind of think of off the top of my head. I love it. How about you, Joe? Um, Let's see. Number five, Solo, because I'm morbidly curious. Um, yeah, like I'm not share, excited, share, yeah. you know, I'm just, I feels dude, <laughs> I'm, I'm anticipating it. Um, number four, Steven Spielberg's ready player one. I've heard a lot of good things. Um, oh, damn. I thought the trailer I, looked kind of like a CGI mess, but, uh, but it's Spielberg and you know, let's see, let's see. I'm, I'm down with it. You know, actually that's one I overlooked. Um, it, it's like I'm kind of getting that. I know it's Spielberg, but I'm kind of getting that. What's that game? Uh, the game or like Gamer with uh, Gerard Butler? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of getting that vibe, but you know what? It kind of redeemed itself with because they were able to use, I guess, some of the franchises. I don't know how that works with their legality, but I saw the freaking DeLorean in it, and I was like, okay, this is kind of cool. Wait, there's this this character in it? Like, whoa. It, it gave me that Wreck-It Ralph kind of vibe. Yes. It's like, oh, God, like very familiar images in, in pop culture and in this kind of like, you know, dystopian world and, you know, technology kind of rules everything. Very, yeah, very like, you know, Blade Runner-esque or whatever. But um, I'm kind of curious. It, it does seem very, even though I think it, it falls that line of like kind of like gamer movie, even though that movie was shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I, I can see It definitely has that a vibe. Yeah. I'm curious. Where everyone just kind of escapes to it. So. It's Spielberg. Very curious. Spielberg. Um, number three, Black Panther. Um, it's the first time my brother's ever been like, I think I'm going to go see that to a, like a Marvel slash superhero movie. I'm like, all right, cool. Like it's, it's got, it's, it's got homies in it. Well, I mean, you know, it's Marvel's finally expanding and like, um, it's a shame that it took, you know, this long and, yeah. um, where the, where the hell is the black widow movie at this point? Um, but I'm really excited for Black Panther. It looks different. It looks refreshing. Um, it looks fun. Um, and the only reason it's not number two is because, it, as you said earlier, Avengers Infinity War is the culmination of all of, of, of the MCU. So I'm kind of burnt out on these characters and on this concept. But my my enthusiasm and excitement is built in. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, I I don't think the trailer was enough alone to get me super pumped for this. But knowing, you know, the 20 movies of backstory, I'm I'm excited, you know. Yeah. So hell yeah, dude. It's going to be it's probably going to be a wild. Yeah, definitely a a roller coaster ride, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. And you know what? I'm going to be you know, I'm going to be very disappointed if they don't kill off anyone. Yeah. I'm saying it right yeah. now. I also then don't the want stakes them to, to like in the comics everybody always comes back to life. So it's like why even I even bother. Yeah. I think, I think now it's like, this is the, this is the main round, you know what I mean? Like this is the main fight and this is the villain they've been pushing this whole time. The stakes gotta be, they have to be high enough to the point. And you know, there's been deaths as far as like, you know, with cities and societies and, but no one like we care about. Yeah. Very true. Yeah. And I just feel like they need that. And, I've got a feeling it might happen based off of just Kevin Feige's like, yeah, we got like another 20 films lined up after this whole thing. And oh, it's entirely possible. It's a different, and it's a different direction. I was like, oh shit. Okay. So it is, yeah, it's entirely possible, but you know, 
Disney. It, I mean, it might be the uh, the best time for for Downey Jr. to bow out. Um, you know, he's getting to his mid fifties. I think very true, and, and I, f- I feel like they've foreshadowed a couple moments even with his character in the series. Yeah, you know him. You know, obviously being the one who's hot headed most of the time and is full of himself, which I think is the greatest part about <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. playing Robert. Uh, no, uh, you you got it right Robert the first time. Robert Downey Jr. playing Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, Robert Downey Jr. and you know Tony Stark. Um, but you know, obviously over those series of films and his appearances, you know, he's definitely taken on the leader role and, and obviously sees the repercussions of, of his actions and what it means to the Avengers and the team. And, um, and he started it all too, as well. And, you know, that could be another kind of thing to kind of close it off. And, you know, the visions he had with the Avengers dying and, and then, you know, the scene in the first Avengers film, I think he he almost, like, sacrifices himself to save everyone else and goes into the, the, the speck of the universe in space. And it's, like, those little scenes, like, man, that could be, you know, he, he knows what he needs to risk. Yeah. And, you know, uh, but I don't know. We'll I won't be, like, thoroughly disappointed. But, hey, man, it's the freaking... It's Infinity War. Some shit's got to happen. Some man. shit's got to happen. But you know what? They said the same thing about Civil War. Um, True that. So True. we'll see. We will see. Um, we'll see. Am I number one? Um, I've been waiting for this movie for years. The Happy Time Murders. Um, Ooh, I haven't heard about this it's, one. It's, uh, I believe, directed by Do Brian share. Henson. So they're taking okay. a world, <laughs> Muppets, real life, uh, plus oh a noir God. setting. And it's about a Muppet detective who is like tracking down a series of murders and stuff. Oh so my I'm gosh, very that excited. It's like Roger so meet, awesome, or Roger dude. Rabbit. Yeah. Roger Rabbit meets the Muppets or something, kinda Oh the, you know what's so funny? I was talking with someone the other day about the Muppets. Um, I don't know how it came up. Uh, no, it was this I remember I actually pointed out it was um, uh, one of our regulars that come in comes into the store. Uh, he had a Muppet, like all the cast of Muppets on his shirt. Nice. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. Like, I was like, um, you know, which one's your, like your favorite? And he's like, animal. I was like, of course, you're, you're a musician. You know, the animal's definitely the one. But um, then we just kind of sparked this conversation about m- the Muppets. And, and I was just wondering, like, oh, we're, you know, because they did the television show for a little bit. Yeah, they did yeah. the movies in, in the last couple of years. And, you know, I was, I was kind of curious to see when they were going to make their comeback with another Muppets kind of. Uh, themed movie and I think that concept alone is super interesting because it's definitely you know a little bit more outside of what they usually kind of go for with the kind of grandiose musical kind of stuff and and I think that's what's great about the Muppets is like it's so multi-generational and they can almost dive into like it the Muppets can do something like that you can take those characters and put them in those those situations you know I still watch the the Muppets uh Chris is it Christmas Carol yeah yeah um, um, with um, oh god, Alfred. Why can't I think of his name? Michael Goff, Michael Caine, Michael Caine, Michael Caine. Michael Caine, <laughs> Michael Caine talks <laughs> like this. Devil. Patricia Shabba. But ah, dude, that's awesome, man. Now is there a trailer out? I just or? looked. No, I don't. I don't see a trailer out. Uh, now I can't wait for that. Yeah. To drop. And Melissa McCarthy's gonna be in it, so it's gonna be sweet. Heck yeah. 
Um, but yeah, so the, that you got a full episode. We've been gone for a couple weeks, but uh, we just we just doused you with some some straight loists. Um, before we we move on, uh, Shawnee, is there anything you would like to share with our audience this week? Um, I got my I ordered a movie pass. How how is it? Last week, I have yet to try it. I just got mine probably like two days ago. And I, just, I just haven't had time to go to the movies, but super excited to try it out. Um, it actually came within a week. So I was happy. I, cool. I, I remember, I think when it got really kind of popular, the word of mouth kind of went around. I felt like some people got them in a week. Some people got them in like two weeks. I think they were trying to catch up on the, on like the popularity of it. Um, but I'm very curious to try it out. And, you know, obviously we were talking about films. I can't wait to try it out for this year and, and see maybe even more films in the theaters maybe check out some of the films that, you know, not the big blockbuster ones, maybe more independent uh, films that are out there. Um, so, yeah, if you guys, you know, check it out. If you guys never heard of Movie Pass, it's pretty much you pay a subscription um, every month to go see a movie in a movie theater once a day. Um, and it's this card you get, and it pairs with the app. You go to the location of the theater you have to go to. That's the only catch. you got to go there, see what's showing's there, check in. And then when, once you check in and pick the movie time, it loads that money onto that card. So it's like a debit card. And then you pretty much pay for the movie there. So you do get a physical ticket and you do somewhat pay for the ticket. But doing it once already pays for that month in a, in a way. Right. Like, you know, usually movies are about 10 to $15 or whatever. Um, but you can't get I tickets exclu- online? You can't get tickets online. You have to check in. You have to physically oh, be there at the theater. Cool. I know. However, dude, it's like one free movie. I can go watch Star Wars The Last Jedi tomorrow and probably the next day if I want to. Oh, good for you. Um, good for <laughs> you. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited. And, like, Tara just got one. And uh, actually some other friends of mine told us that they have them. And I was like, oh, I didn't realize you got some. Let's go, like, double date or something. Um, so... It, I'm mean, excited. It definitely makes me more excited to go to the movie theaters more. Cool. And um, kind of, you know, just get that time to, to go see some some amazing films and that I might have glossed over or skipped over this last year. Like Get Out. So you um, have no excuse for Get Out. Stop. Stop being like I. Ah, yeah, I've said it enough. Maybe <laughs> you know, I might be have to, something I have to pop on tonight. So, um, yeah, dude. That's I just gotta share that. You know. It's just something that's different for me, but you know we live in a world and a society now where it's subscription based. It's true, <laughs> I would say, and it's strange to think that you know movie movies are you know it's you can do, pay for a monthly service to go to the movie theater. That's a very interesting concept to me, and um, wanted to see if it worked, and I've heard enough positive things to try it out, and I can't wait to go see if you know, new flick, maybe black Panther next month. Right on. So, um, I'll keep you guys updated and posted and see if it's been, uh, a good investment. Obviously I'm paying for every month, so we'll see how it turns out. But other than that, fully satisfied with the purchase. Cool. And that's pretty much all I have to share this week. I just got really excited to see some more films right on this year. So, um, yeah, that's, that's all I got to share this week. Cool. Um, very nice. I uh, I wanted to share the so I I I got the iPhone uh, ten and it's got a four K camera and I really wanted 
take advantage of this thing. Um, and I've been looking into lenses, external lenses. Um, and so I recently got a wide lens and a telephoto lens from the company moment. Um, okay. And basically you have to buy the case. So like a $20 uh, phone case and then the lens clips onto the back of the case. And, um, I've been sick, so I haven't been able to test them, but I finally got to go out yesterday morning, um, and test them as the sun was coming up and I got some really sweet pictures. Um, I'm really digging the wide lens, really digging the telephoto lens. Um, and they look professional. They look great. The, they've, they've got a lot of weight to them. I was surprised how heavy these lenses are. So like you're getting your money's yeah. worth. Um, so check it out. Moment lenses. If you're into, um, digital phone photography, um, uh, I think it's a good investment. So that's super cool, man. Yeah. And you know, for, you know, we're so lucky to live in a time where like, yeah, this tech type of technologies, you know, it's become the everyday norm now, but you know, you wouldn't imagine having a computer and a 4K camera in 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 your it's pocket, true. In, in, in the palm of your hand. So, um, and then having those accessories to enhance your photos and to be able to to pretty much use your phone as a camera with lenses and and those features and, and the the way it's um, uh, was it port portrait uh, or I guess not portrait. Uh, yeah, there's portrait mode um, and. Portrait mode, scaled and everything, and um, and of course the new iPhone and all the new features with it too as well. Um, it has become an amazing thing. And phone accessories, man, like cases. Uh, I've been seeing these like clip-on lenses, and you know that's not as probably as heavy duty as the lenses you've uh, invested in, but you know it's 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 cool. It can definitely, you know, you have a camera in your in your in your pocket um, if you have a smartphone, and um, yeah, it's. It's incredible what we can do with these phones, and that's super cool, dude. Uh, you know, you're you you've been writing a lot of scripts, um, and it's it seems like you haven't had a chance to film lately. So it, it's it's really cool that you can, you know, be able to do that and kind of get the shots you want to get with these lenses. Yeah, that's you know, um, that's what I'm hoping for is to kind of like now I've got everything mobile. Um, if I can just kind of have you know, all my stuff on me and be the one man crew, maybe I can, you know, get something accomplished and shot. Um, so that's my goal for this year is to, is to shoot something, um, be it a little documentary or, or what have you. Um, but I'm starting to gather the Dude, tools to do that. Next thing is a microphone or a gimbal. Super cool. So, Oh, dang. That's nuts, man. Yeah. How you can do all that stuff. Yeah. They got a nice sure microphone that clips into the, uh, the charging port. And you can uh, direct it. Dude, so that's yeah, so cool. Yeah, I really want to get that. That's my next big purchase. That's in, yeah. Um, that's awesome, man. <clears throat> yeah, I, I'll I'll definitely check the like. I don't have an iPhone, but you know, uh, as far as like the photos on on my phone, still come out incredible. And you know, maybe looking into lenses that can enhance the experience, and maybe look you know look through life in different lenses. Exactly. In a way, so. Um, yeah, exactly. On the nose, I know. <laughs> it's cheesy, but um, I love it. Yeah, it's 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 amazing. Yeah, it, it's so much you can do now. So that's super cool, dude. Um, like oh, new toys, new dude. toys. <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, moment moment lenses, and they got stuff I believe for Android. So so check it out. Cool. Um, Shawnee, one more question, and then and then I will let you go. I promise. 
Oh, for sure. Um, where can we find <laughs> more of your work on the internet this week, sir? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Sean Day Music and also on my website, SeanDayMusic.net. Fantastic. Um, fantastical. And uh, yeah, find me, find me on the interwebs if you guys can. I'm going to find you. Joey, where can we find... <laughs> Joey, where can we find more of your work? You can check me out on Instagram at Joey Parati, but it's private. Um, and you can also check out my website, JoeyParatiScripts.com. And there you go. Um, You should also follow the show if you aren't already on Instagram, Top5Pod. That's T-O-P-F-I-V-E-5 P-O-D. Same, Top5Pod at gmail.com. And on Twitter, Top5Pod. You can also check us out on Facebook, Top5Podcast. Please comment. Please let us know uh, your thoughts, what you're thinking, if you want to hear some new lists or uh, contribute to the list that we're already posting. Um, We'd love to, uh, to get you in on the conversation. In on the ground floor. Um, it's been awesome. We've recapped our year. We're looking to the future. Um, I hope we have many more wonderful episodes in 2018 and get a few more imaginary followers. Um, yeah. Until next time, I'm Joey Prati. And I'm Sean Day. Thanks for, Thanks for listening. listening. <laughs> oh